Alright everybody, welcome to the very first Stoned Alone book club. The video form of this will be available on Timmy Time on the WeTube. The very first book that I have picked for this series is Cider House Rules. Enjoy this podcast, and if you like it, definitely check me out on the WeTube. The Cider House Rules, what is the what does the back say? The New York Times book review says it is a witty, tender-hearted. <coughs> <coughs> they didn't say that part. Fervent and scarifying. This novel is an example, now rare, of the courage of imaginative ardor. Damn, New York Times book review. The Stone Alone Book Club is probably not going to sound like that. I mean, I love the use of vocabulary, but honestly, what did they say? I have no idea what they just said. Like, if I look at it word by word, that makes a lot of sense. But saying it into the air, if you let it linger in the air, witty, witty, tender-hearted, fervent, and scarying. This novel is an example, now rare, of the courage of imaginative... Our door. Damn. That's crazy. The Cider House Rules is filled with people to love and feel for. The characters in John Irving's newest novel break all the rules, and yet they remain noble and free-spirited. Victims of tragedy, violence, and in justice their lives seem more interesting and full of thought-provoking dilemmas than the lives of many real people says the houston post fuck yeah that's a good uh it's a good review of it i'm plagiarizing that that's what i have to say about the cider house rules uh, <laughs> though i i mean that's uh that's interesting the philadelphia Inquirer says that the Cider House Rules is John Irving's sixth and best novel. I'd never read any of the other ones or heard of uh, them prior. Actually, I don't know what the other ones are. He is among the very best storytellers at work today. At the base of Irving's own moral concerns is a rare and lasting regard for human kindness. And that is what I really like about this book. Lastly... Joseph Heller says that this is superb in scope and originality. A novel as good as one could hope to find from any author, anywhere, anytime. Engrossing, moving, thoroughly satisfying. Well, goddamn, if you aren't excited for this book, I don't know if you'll be excited for any book ever, because, um... Yep, it's pretty good. What is this book about? Um, I think the most interesting thing is uh, going into a blind, I didn't even know for a good majority of it. You don't really even know until like about a couple hundred pages in. And then even then you realize that it's not really, I mean, this isn't very much, uh, it's not really as much of a narrative. It's uh it has a lot of 
interesting characters and you do follow a one lead character throughout his life but there's no like you know conflict and then he solves the conflict there's no like basic story arc it's just like life like you're literally just following through an orphan's life as they kind of come to and mature in the world and are <coughs> faced with the challenges, difficulties, trials, and tribulations that we all see when we set out on our own. And uh, I fucking loved it. The way that I came to on this book is this is my dad's original copy. Oh, as you can see, it's just falling apart there, but he got this, like, literally, um, right when it came out. He says that he was just talking to some guy in Phoenix, Arizona, and he said that this dude swore by his life that this was a must-read, and it just came out at the time. Uh, it came out in 1985, and, uh, so he picked it up, and this is that copy from right when it came out. It is about, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of explains just about life. I could get into the story a bit, and I do want to kind of um, think about that for future episodes. I want to have, like, <coughs> um, I want to have a spoiler alert section, so I want to have, like, talking about all the stuff other than the spoilers so that there's a general video for everybody and then flip on the switch like spoiler alert mode um but in this case again it's not really like a narrative there's not really anything that you could give away about the story that's gonna like really give away any of the book or ruin it so i guess i could get into it um but honestly if i explain the plot it would seem almost even a little political, and then some people might not want to read that shit. It seems like a weird plot. I mean, some people would probably be down with it, but overall, it's just about keeping useful. That's basically the takeaway. Um, the overall setting is that they're at an orphanage. This one dude basically... So some old uh, doctor kind of like single-handedly takes care of it all. And this is set in, I believe, like 1920. Seems around then. Yeah, like 1920s, 1930s. And no, 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 wait. Did he go to the war? But which war was that? You get the gist. It was, uh, it was like before the 40s, and then it spans over time, too, you know? Like, he grows up, so you basically follow him through his childhood, like, facing a lot of difficulties, like, having a lot of, I don't know, basically just a lot of difficulties being an orphan, and then you follow him on in his later stage of life when he's a little bit older, and then you get to kind of see... Um, like, the lessons that he learned, and then see this whole path of, like, growing up, kind of, you know, setting out on your own, going out to do your own thing, and, and getting away from it all, but then discovering the usefulness, 
and the value of where you came from, of what you left, and then going back to where you know that you're destined, and then ending up back there. Overall, that is the basis of storytelling, um, and it's told fucking beautifully in this book, where, I mean, like, I don't know how to say it, it's just, I was blown away, it was the most, uh, simple plot, the most just, uh, real people, and I couldn't put, put that fucking book down. <clears throat> I have a few other books with me right now, and I'm reading, uh, Paper Towns by John Green. It's pretty interesting. It's like a, it's like a, like a teenager kind of book. So, this book, though, I really couldn't fucking put down. And how many pages is that? It's about 600 pages, five, 580, and I was reading this all the fucking time, right away when I woke up, like, after walking in the park, I'd read this under, like, a tree, literally such a fucking good book, I don't know what to say, like, you literally have to read this yourself, I, I feel like the book review might end up turning into this, just every time you click on a book review, yo, fucking read it, man, I, I can't say anything about it, you gotta read it, and it's just half an hour of only saying that, um, Why should you read it? I think you should read it because in this time, in this day and age of... I mean, you know, you can't just blame everything on social media, but obviously in this day and age, in general, as a whole, and not specifically any age group, people are lacking their fucking manners, and... I don't know, it's... It's, like, really ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that anyone would even do that. But we're in a time of some entitlements, very much of, um, and I can attest this myself, I mean, I feel, I feel this, you know, we're definitely in a time of, like, excess and leisure. And reading this book is very nice. From perspective of an orphan, all he wants to do is be of use. And that's literally like, that's a huge tagline in the book is just to be of use. And they're not without their flaws. They're flawed as fuck. And the doctor is too. He's got his own problems and, um, you know, a bit of an ether kick. But they're just doing the best that they goddamn can. And that's what it's about. And just being of use as much as they could. And that was all that mattered. It's very interesting. They also um, introduce some other characters like a... I don't know. I don't want to give away too much, but, you know, there's a there's a wide spectrum. There's, like, an old guy with Alzheimer's, um, but at the time, they didn't know how to, like, treat this, and they didn't know what Alzheimer's was. So, basically, everyone, like, talked shit about this old guy, and they're like, oh, what a fucking drunk, and he, he had Alzheimer's, he had no idea what was happening to him, and he's basically just being, like, tortured, so, just a lot of interesting stories like that, and every single person's story is very, um, raw, there's no one that's just, like, skating along, I mean, there actually is, but, you know, you see that, at, at what comes around goes around, and... I mean, it, reading it was so good because it was just like, oh, wow, um, 
you get this with a lot of books. It's like, there is actually a movie on this, and I'm, I'm going to actually see it. Um, sorry, I'm jumping around everywhere here. There's a movie adaptation of this, but when it comes to a lot of these classics, they really can't be told in any other way, because you can't really like bring a lot of the rawness out, a lot of these real scenarios out, unless it is written in text. So, I mean, like, you know, I've always loved movies. I've always been a Netflix binger, but recently I've had to definitely cut out the Netflix because it's just like oversaturation. I don't even know what I'm like consuming anymore. It's just pouring it in. So reading a nice paperback is uh, such a big difference kind of going into this world and then being able to draw some lessons out of it, seeing, you know, how some people come to their demise, learning lessons from that, how some people get through these hard situations, and stories are a way that we make sense of the world that we're in. So stories are not some trivial thing. Stories are actually very strong basis of our evolution and of our species. So I fucking love stories. And this one is just a pure, simple, I say simple, I mean, I don't know. People really gotta pick this one up. I guess I can kind of describe the vibe. It's just very, it's loose. It's not very literature feeling. It doesn't go, it doesn't feel condescending at all. It just feels like you're there with them and it's very like working class feel. Like you, you see how these orphans are. You see the, you know, emergency rooms. You see the war and people rationing. You see, uh, well, it's called the Cider House Rules. You later see the world of an apple farm and Basically, I'll explain the name of the book, um, because, um, I think it's kind of interesting. It's, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. It's the kind of thing that when it happens and you read it, it's like, aha. So I don't want to be, like, spoiling him, but basically the Cider House rules means that there are rules, right? There's the rules posted up. There's the ops. There's the feds. There is the list, right? There is whatever is laid out that is to be followed. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything. It's just a piece of paper. So the Cider House rules, you know, there's rules that are written. And that's what everyone has to obey by. And that's that's kind of what's out there, maybe societal rules, actual laws, and expectations. But then there are the rules that everybody actually plays by. And that's basically what the whole book is about, is like this juxtaposition between what is supposed to be societal and normal, which, um, and I love a lot of old literature, but like even a lot of it still paints this like perfect picture like you know oh we've got an atomic family and you know like the what whatever just whatever it is 
this cuts through the bullshit, and um, it's interesting. That's all I gotta say about it. I mean, like, you really get to feel these characters and see them in moments of despair and peril and see them just have to come to terms with it. You know, none of the characters are ever over dramatic. They just realize that they're in that situation and that they have to make a decision and that you follow them through with that decision. And it's cool you get to kind of see where people end up uh, between the characters and it makes a lot of sense. It's just, it's a goddamn masterpiece, man. I mean, do you read the, what the last guy said? Superb in scope. A novel as good as one could hope to find from any author, anywhere, anytime. I mean, I've never heard a praise like that for a book, honestly. So, gotta check this out. Also, it's, um, it has a lot to, it, there's like a lot of abortions and stuff in it. That's one part I didn't want to mention. People are gonna be like, boy, it's, a fuck, it's an abortion book that's fucking weird. It, it's... Brings in a lot of the uh, the moral dilemmas with that too, because at the time it was illegal. So the doctor actually started out by refusing an abortion to a woman. Oh my god, that scared the fuck out of me! Holy shit, it's dead quiet. Usually we have like fans going on and stuff, so it's actually like abnormal for it to be this dead quiet. And then I got used to it. But then when I heard the noise, it was extra loud because there's none of the ambience. Let me check that this is still recording. Okay, this, this is uh, the spoiler alert part. If you don't like that, then get out of here. Abortions. This book is chock full of them. What, you may say, but rest assured, it's not like weird or gross. It's actually very much about the moral gray area and dilemmas. And I found that very interesting because it starts out this doctor refuses in abortion to a woman. And this story is so fascinating. It goes even deeper than that. The woman that he refuses the abortion to is the daughter of a prostitute who was also the only sexual encounter that he ever had. That was a lot. You don't need to know all that. It's pretty interesting though. Read the book. Anyways, he refuses an abortion to this lady because at the time they were illegal. And he was a law-abiding doctor, right? He played it by the books at the time. He refuses her this abortion, so then she goes off-market, down to Chinatown, black market abortions, call this number 50% off on weekends. So, she hits the 50% off deal. I, I just added that part in. I don't know if there's a 50 So she goes black market, and she ends up actually dying from getting this illegal abortion. As you can imagine, the doctor was fucking devastated. Here was this woman 
that came directly to him, asking him for his help that he could have expertly and professionally solved. But then he refused her help because of the moral obligations regarding the law, regarding his practice, regarding the hospital. So he refused her out of playing it by the books. And because of that, she died and he had that on his conscience forever. So that was really interesting. And basically uh, it goes into kind of like a flashback when it comes to that. It, um, a lot of the first part of the book is backstory on the doctor. And then it goes into the story of a child at the orphanage that he later worked at. So in the timeline, basically, um, he, and I'm just going to explain this too, because obviously not everyone's going to read the book and there's that movie. I don't trust it though. I'm going to watch it. Toby Maguire. I mean, he can act, but we'll see. I'll probably watch that like right away too. I don't know if Brandon wants to watch that. I don't know if I want to subject Brandon to that because I'm not expecting it to be good. But I also, I don't know. I'm not expecting it to be good because the book was so good. I can't, like, I literally don't think you can make a movie. I mean, you can make a movie, like, with the story of it. But like I said, the story is just one part. Most of it has to do with the character and the dilemmas and the decisions. So anyways, that doctor had that problem with the woman, right? He, he felt so fucking bad. And by chance, by the forces of the universe, a letter made it to him, addressed to, and literally, I mean, this book has a good sense of humor. It said, to whoever goddamn cares in the state, or like some shit like that. <clears throat> Um, and it basically said that there was this small town in Maine, it was a loggers town, and there was basically a lot of prostitutes that later on had unwanted kids, so it was becoming a problem, and that's not good. So this doctor volunteered himself, and he actually went out there. And I think originally he was just supposed to be a doctor for the woman, but then he later on opened up his entire own orphanage to, you know, save the orphans. And then later on, he performed abortions there, which were still very illegal at the time, but he had the cover up the front of also having an orphanage. So he did deliver babies that were wanted, and then he aborted babies that were not. Very interesting because, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of guts. It's so illegal. It's like very illegal. The details in it even gets into, um, I don't know, it's fascinating. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the backstory of the doctor. And then Homer is the kid that is born. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, he has a little bit of a backstory. He has a relationship and gets together with a girl the same age as him in the orphanage. And um, there's a lot of interesting stuff with that because 
she's like, don't ever leave me, and then, like, it gets into a lot of, like, the clinginess and the, uh, the need for consistency with the orphans and just how much that can be taken for granted. I think that was, that was a big lesson with that. Um, he has a couple really shitty foster homes. You should, I think those are worth definitely finding out about yourself. I think those could definitely be spoilers, but yeah, he has like bad experiences. So he just stays at the orphanage basically forever. And, um, you know, he helps the doctor, Dr. Larch, the girl that he had the relationship with also never leaves. Nobody ever adopts the two of them. And they basically just stick it out in there. And, you know, obviously the whole time they want to leave, but they have the sense of fulfillment because these kids need food. These kids need to be fed and there's no one else out there to do it. So even as, you know, um, an early tween teenager, he found more satisfaction with being super poor and feeding all the orphans than he did with the foster homes that were very rich and had big Christmases because he found them really weird and full of drama and people just getting too drunk and like passing out and he thought it was kind of um just excessive he thought it was very weird so that was a big theme with it and um you know very interesting Later on, he basically goes off with a couple that have an apple orchard, and that's how he ends up at the cider house. Um, okay. Oh man, everything fell over. I hope that I was recorded throughout the whole time. If not, won't work. Um, that battery did just die. I'm actually surprised because I did not think I would talk long enough for two batteries, but that's a good sign because that means that I was very into what I was saying and I can't wait to do more of these. Look forward to, um, it's going to be Wednesdays here at Timmy Time. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast. There may be a little bit of rebranding involved, but basically I want to get a lot more into audio. I want to do longer form stuff and then be able to have it, you know, on the audio and then also on Timmy time. Just stay tuned. I'll see you around.